Hey, everybody. This is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. I'm here with Josh from the Twist My Arm podcast. Uh, We're talking about uh, the Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Yes. I'm so unfamiliar with the new Star Wars movies. I have to think about it for a while. I mean, you can throw out Episode 3. Episode 3 is Revenge of the Sith. Throw out Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. You know, I know all of that. It just it comes out. But these new ones, I'm a little behind. So you, I, go I, ahead. So first, I because I know that this isn't going to last too long. So I want to just know you just finished it, right? I did for the first time. No, right? I've never seen it before. I knew almost nothing about it. What is your initial impression walking out of the theater? <sighs> Five and a half out of ten, six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, there were definitely some great moments. Uh, I felt like it was leaning a little bit hard on the the characters from the original series. Like a Han Solo popped up, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then Leia came out, and Luke is a big part of it, and... I don't know. I just felt like they were leaning really hard on some of that stuff when they first went into the Millennium Falcon and he got into that like gunner section. One, I thought it was cool that it was kind of like a throwback to A New Hope when uh, Luke and Han were shooting the TIE fighters off of them. But also, I'm, it just felt a little cheap to me. Please go ahead. Um, okay, so two things. Yeah, they you you say there was a lot of screen time for the older the older generation of actors. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, Michael Ardent was the writer of this, and he had actually written them in a lot more. So Luke was supposed to be a lot more involved, as well as Carrie and uh, and Han Solo. I don't know why Leia and Han Solo. But, right. Um, so so then once once he left the the production. Um, Abrams kind of wrote them out a little more. Uh, that's why Luke was like mentioned a lot, mm-hmm. and then you don't really ever see him till the end. Um, but yeah, that was uh, it was kind of a production thing that they did put them in there a lot, but then okay, didn't at the same. That's time. interesting. Somebody had some similar ideas to what I was feeling, at least. Yeah, and then the second thing. Um, it's, it's funny that you say, and I wanted to make sure that I brought this up because there's so many, um, reminiscent scenes of a new hope. And like, if, if you start just with scene one, where they're handing over the first, first, uh, character you see is what a droid first character you see a new hope, a droid. And then what they're handing off information to each other about a, you know, a hidden person or something like Mm -hmm. that, like something really important. And then that information gets put into a droid. <laughs> R2-D2, when Leia was putting the information into R2-D2. Exactly. There were, and I mean, it just, it goes as far as like showing the different kinds of foods that are in the universe. Like the first time you were introduced to blue milk was in A New Hope. First time you're introduced to rising instant bread is this movie, you know? Okay. There were so many like random similarities, even as as far as losing, you know, Obi Wan gets killed in A New Hope, and this one, Han Solo, is the the yep. feature character that spoilers by the way, if you haven't seen it, it's been out for six <laughs> years, but but yeah, so there's 
they really drew, I think, a lot of inspiration from A New Hope and tried to do a reboot, but not a remake. Yeah, I can see that. Um, that that's that's just a, the point on that's the points that I had there. Um, mm-hmm. But this is my favorite of the of the new sequel trilogy. This is my favorite movie of all three. Um, I don't know why. I feel like I just had the the best like experience in the theaters with this one because um, <laughs> you know all of them were fine, but this one I had the most emotional impact. I guess I'm a long, long time Star Wars fan, so. Those of you that know me and listen to anything, twist my arm or anything, I'm always dropping the Star Wars references. So Okay, so I know that Star Wars Clone Wars kind of bridges some of the time between the prequels and the original series. Is that correct? Well, Clone Wars actually bridges the gap between episode two and episode three. Oh, okay. And then there's another cartoon called Rebels that bridges the gap between episode three and episode four. Okay. That's the in-between kind of stuff there. How about, uh, is there anything in between episodes uh, six and seven that kind of explain what's been going on? Oh, that's when it's um, set. Yeah, The Mandalorian and then all the new shows from The Mandalorian, Ahsoka. <laughs> Bad uh, Batch. Like and Bad Batch yeah. is still set b- back in the day, like before, because it's, and that one, man, <sighs> I do a show called Quest Me. That's all we're doing. Bad Batch right now, and it, Justin, the co-host on that, and I are just so frustrated with that series. It's not. Oh yeah. Good. It's it's just not very good. That no. uh, that makes me nervous for all the other spinoffs that are coming our way. I think the live action ones are going to be fine. I think Bad Batch was rushed. Okay. And just like they were like, we need a new cartoon to put out because we canceled all the good ones. So they, like, <laughs> put mm-hmm. this piece of shit together. <laughs> Shove this one down the kids' throats. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mandalorian is uh, definitely regaining the trust of a lot of the Star Wars fans that were broken by this sequel trilogy. Are you planning on doing the whole thing? Are you going to watch all three of them? Are we going to do this yeah. three times? I think all so. Right. <laughs> all right. Maybe even the next one next week. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm down. All right. Um, it's, dude, we'll get into it. Okay. Today I did a little experiment where I watched Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. and then immediately, I didn't even watch the credits, like I didn't get to the credits, I stopped it and went right to Last Jedi. Really? I I have problems with it five minutes in. I'm already dreading having to watch The Last Jedi, and you're already diving into it. Well, well... It's the most controversial Star Wars movie. Like, this one was... This is, again, probably the best... The Force Awakens is probably the best out of the three. Mm-hmm. It had the most coherent story. They're, the characters are... You're intrigued with the characters. Like, at least I was. Oh, okay. Know, like... The characters. Uh, there was one character that seemed really huge and really impressive in this movie, but we didn't get to learn anything about him. General Snoke. Oh, Oh, the... The guy in the the screen? Yeah. He seems uh, yeah. really interesting. We got a few little mm. tastes of him, but uh, yeah. is he basically the head um, Sith Lord right now? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna like 
do any spoilers. I'm going to review this with you as if you've oh, this the first okay. time kind of watching sure. it, I guess. But that's essentially what what he is. He's mm-hmm. like the leader right now. He's the leader of the first order, the the one that controls everything. And um Kylo Ren's master basically right. the one that turned him to the dark side. He's like the Darth Sidious to Darth Vader. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yep. Um and he's a little more explored in the books. Uh, mm-hmm. And you you see a little more of how he gets his claws into Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. But uh, he he I I really liked his introduction. I really like Andy Serkis as him too. Andy Serkis always plays his characters really well. Uh, he was and, Gollum, right? Yeah, yeah. And and Claw in the Avengers series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know you didn't watch those either. That's that's another thing we should do. We should watch Avengers, that whole twenty-two movie series. Let's do it. I'll do it with you. Just start from the very beginning, all the way through. That that's an option. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should. I feel like I the reason I hate Marvel is because it's so popular, which is a very middle school ish reaction <laughs> for me to have to it. Yeah, I mean. And it, it does get trite after a while, the movies do, you know. I do have a question about yes. uh, one of the Marvel movies. Poe had that signature jacket that Finn started wearing at one point. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. the same jacket that Star-Lord wears from Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy? No, it's similar, but no. Yeah, okay. No. Um, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, there was a total Guardians of the Galaxy moment in this whenever uh, Conja Club and the other guys show up on Hustle. that was yeah and they're all like just kind of badass you know standing there that was that was one of my favorite scenes for sure with han solo trying to talk his way out of it yeah. and uh everything with the millennium falcon i really loved like when they first take the millennium falcon out and they're like drifting the sides of it against the ground to like help him kind of turn uh it was really cool it showed like the size and the uniqueness of the Millennium Falcon being this giant, like weird disc thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they just, it was really cool. I loved all yeah, the Millennium they, Falcon moments. They really emphasized like the, the gunning stuff, you know, they were like, we got to show you guys how this actually works. Cause no mm-hmm. one really knows. And, uh, I, the effects in this movie were top notch. All of the chase scenes with the ships and stuff. And, and that that whole first Millennium Falcon scene going through the Star Destroyer is one of the best scenes in Star Wars. I think. Yes, it kind of it did the the trench thing better than they did a little bit later in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, yeah, trench like times ten, and mm-hmm. just showing how good of a pilot. And the comedy in that part was good too. There was some good comedy in this, you know, where. Finn is like, what are you doing? And she's like, uh, someone's flying without a co-pilot. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then uh, there was... What's our main character's name again? Ray? Or Finn? The Not Finn, the other guy. Poe. Poe, thank you. Jesus. Poe I just mentioned his name. And now I don't even know what I'm thinking about him anymore. Oh, uh, he got captured very, very early on. He just kind of had this very nonchalant, like, yeah, I guess I'm captured. You're going to have to do whatever. I liked the kind of 
attitude everybody had. It yeah. may it may have even been nihilistic, like, yeah, you caught me, you're gonna cut me up the lightsaber, but I'm not giving you anything. Screw you guys. Who who, who talks first? Do you do you talk first? I I talk first. I can't really understand yeah. your whole thing. Like, yeah, that's another New Hope similarity right there. Uh, one of the heroes getting captured immediately. Okay, so and getting interrogated. Do you think there's any other science fiction ships that are as recognizable or popular as the Millennium Falcon? Well, the Enterprise, for sure. Okay. Um, that would, I mean, I would get murdered by the other guy in the network <laughs> if I didn't right? say the Enterprise. So, uh, that and... Man, I know there's so many ships out there i feel like. and they're all very recognizable but there's something about the millennium falcon that just it's so different and in your face and it's so recognizable i know somebody who has a millennium falcon keychain and it's just this big hunk of metal <laughs> but it's so distinctive yeah i think it's i think it's one of the best ships like ever i would say mm -hmm. i mean it's not like it's not the most flashy it's not the most you know, you not you don't really want to take that thing into battle, <laughs> but it's still just it's cool. It's got a sleekness to it that makes it really, uh, like you said, recognizable. And you know, everyone, even even if they don't watch Star Wars, if they I have a friend that's never seen Star Wars, and she's like, "Is that the the the, the Millennium, Millennium <laughs> right. Falcon thing?" Like, like they know people know what it is just just because. I'm kind of looking through some of the famous ships. Oh, I guess in Spaceballs, there was that giant, like, vacuuming <laughs> robot thing. Is that famous, though? I don't, I don't <laughs> really feel like the... Speak, I mean, you might be right. opportunity from Mel Brooks here with this sequel trilogy. Like, come on, dude. How did you miss making all that money with the Spaceballs, <laughs> the search for more money sequel? Like, come on, dude. That would have been great. Um... <laughs> I don't even uh, I don't even know that I was talking about the Conja Club meeting with with yeah. Solo that being one of my favorite scenes and I'm just I'm going to point this out every single time another a new hope callback a giant creature that has tentacles that <laughs> eats people uh like the sarlacc mm, like either well I was thinking more the the trash compactor oh okay yeah Oh yeah, there was a weird monster thing in there. The Rathtar is what they call it. I have a toy of one of those. Okay, it's, and it's the cool. the Rathtar is what we had in this episode too, right? Han Solo had three of them, or was that something different? That's so yeah. The the Rathtar is what's in in Force Awakens. The 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 monster in A New Hope. I can't remember the name of it. Okay, it's really weird. It's a tentacly octopus kind of looking thing, but. Yeah, just another like kind of similarity there with a tentacly monster. <laughs> okay, can you help me with some of the like family relations of everybody in this show? Because Poe was Harrison Ford's kid, or was Han Solo's kid? Is that right? No, Kylo Ren, the bad guy. The bad guy, yeah, is Han Solo's kid, and Princess Leia's kid, Leia and Solo's kid. Okay. And I knew they had a kid. Is there anybody else in this, uh, like, 
Um, oh my God, what was the girl's name? Ray. 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 Thank you. Is she um, related to anybody? N- not that you know of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's that's a huge. That was a huge debate with this movie, where Ray is from, because they just show you that she's dropped off. She's just orphaned, basically, mm-hmm. to uh, Unkar Plunk or whatever, who pl- is played by Simon Pegg, by the way. Really? Um, yeah, the guy that gives her the... That's four portions. That's Simon mm-hmm. Pegg. Um, he, uh, so yeah, so the big question in this is who's, who's Ray's family? A lot of people think it's Luke's mm-hmm. kid. A lot of people think it's Obi-Wan Kenobi's kid. And a lot of people think it's Palpatine's kid or Interesting. or whatever. So there, there's like three different theories that are floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely see Luke Skywalker. She was using his lightsaber and she had the same like reaching to get the lightsaber out of the snow moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and she, she has the flashback, too, which was mm-hmm. really cool because the flashback is, you know, um, seeing the hallway from Empire Strikes Back where he lost the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And it's you're you're hearing Obi-Wan Kenobi say to Rey the same kind of things that he was saying to Luke. Ewan McGregor actually came back for those lines. And fun fact. They they mixed some of Ewan McGregor's lines and took old um, Alec Guinness's lines and like reworked them, like formed them. Like you hear Alec Guinness's voice a little bit, okay, but it's just um, like like he says, I think Ray at some point, Ray, Ray, mm-hmm. and that's uh, it's Alec Guinness, but they morphed it. They like took right. a word that he said somewhere else and turned it into that. So. Um, that that whole scene was cool. They they had Yoda there. Frank Oz had w- said some lines from Yoda. They had Luke, um, Obi Wan, and God, I, th- I think that I think that might have, oh the the voice of Vader, the breathing. The Vader oh, breathing uh-huh. happened as um, well, which makes sense because it's Anakin's old lightsabers. James Earl Jones is he the one, or did he only do the voice and not the breathing? He, just, he did the voice. Yeah. Okay. The breathing is just the. <sighs> Right. <laughs> Anyone could do it. <laughs> um, yeah that 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 sparked so so many different different theories. Um, I actually have this like I think it's probably about a seven hundred and fifty to a thousand word prediction of why Poe Dameron and Ray are related. <laughs> oh, so you think they're related? And it 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 has to it had to do a lot with. Uh, Comics and books, um, a lot of the stuff that was released before Force Awakens came up, but was leading up to the release. And so then after the movie came out, I just, I don't know, I, I wrote this thing. I don't even know where it is anymore. It might be on my old laptop. but It could be getting shared around all of the internet right now. I doubt it. I never posted it anywhere. <laughs> but um, there was there, there was a lot of fan fiction that came out of this about Poe and Finn. Becoming a couple. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, after watching this again, I was like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, uh, Kylo Ren, his lightsaber yeah. is fairly unique. Yes. I'm getting into this a little bit later, but my understanding is he's got like a broken crystal in his lightsaber. Is that correct? 
Yes. Um, and it, it's, it was like, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I think when he was making the lightsaber, it cracked. Okay. On him. Because part of it, like, the trials for becoming a Jedi is you have to create your own lightsaber. Right. And then when you become a Sith, your crystal, like, breaks, essentially. Okay. Or something like that. Like, I, God, it's been a while since I've read up on lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, I'm, like, as big as of a fan as I am. But, um, yeah, he, so he had to have the vents coming out of the side because the crystal was putting off too much power. Mm-hmm. Which then that, you know, sparks a ton of... Um, theories about old lightsabers which right now i'm reading the high republic series it's a comic book series um and they have those kind of like broadsword lightsabers in there it's really okay cool. could you imagine what it would be like if you or i had a lightsaber on planet earth like i, I just imagine i just go cutting <laughs> through walls everywhere i went yeah i'd be like going grocery like... shopping and i just cut my way into the next aisle <laughs> Just like, screw this mac and cheese. Yeah. I need to get through. Excuse me, little old lady. <laughs> Use it for, like, construction. Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, I hear that there is some sort of technology that they've made a lightsaber. It doesn't, like, cut through things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's some sort of technology that's... There's all kinds of weird stuff. Have you seen those green laser pointers that you can, like, point at stars with? At stars? At stars, yeah. There's, oh. It's a laser pointer, and it's green instead of red because there's something about the the light spectrum is more visible in the green than the red, something like that. And my astronomy teacher had one, and we'd go up on the roof of the building, and he'd point at stars and circle them with this, uh, with this laser pointer. It was great. Wow. I want one. You can't, like, you don't see it reflecting off of the star or whatever but you can like circle things and you can follow the laser beam and it's really cool interesting so mm, that's really cool i need Uh, if you do decide to buy one be careful with it well (laughs) shine it in your cat's eyes or something they just (laughs) explode i I do have a laser pointer for my cats right they uh they look my my oldest cat is very wise to my act when i do it like i'll point the laser at her and she'll be like, she'll look at it and go, wait a minute, and look at me and be like, nope, I'm not. <laughs> it's that dumbass again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Kylo Ren, what did you what did you think of of him? He was, I was so excited to see his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very interesting. The way he like every time something went wrong, and he just started using his lightsaber and just destroying electronics and. That was really interesting. I'm almost surprised we haven't seen that from a Sith Lord before this. Uh, maybe yeah. it's because... Oh, yeah? Anakin Skywalker. Oh. Which is his grandfather. Because he Very interesting. So he has the attitude of Anakin. Okay. <laughs> I played right into that. That's very interesting. <laughs> He's got that, that, like, rage, that little kid rage. You know? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm not getting my way. I'm going to go kill a bunch of kids <laughs> but yeah that is um yeah it kind of like you know his obsession with darth vader too um i i always wondered if his 
if his impression would change if he knew exactly what Darth Vader did. Mm-hmm. You know, if he knew exactly what his grandfather had done to destroy what was. I wonder, you know, like they kept the Empire keeps that really secret, keeps a lot of that stuff really under wraps. And so by the time it gets to 30 years after Return of the Jedi, like Luke is a myth. Mm-hmm. You know, Jedi are legend. They, there's no such thing as Jedi. And, and so, when it comes to Han Solo, he might be the guy that ran the whatever run in 12 parsecs, or he might be. Run. Yeah, the Kessel run. Thank you. <laughs> or he might be a leader for the resistance, or he might just be a rumor. Yeah, exactly. Depending so, on who you talk to. It's it's like the the Empire had crushed so much that by the time the First Order comes around, which is interesting because the First Order, you find out what that actually means in the game Battlefront. Okay. Um, in Battlefront and the Aftermath series, basically. it's The First Order was Emperor Palpatine's last command. He basically tells them to rise up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the, the Imperial Remnants... All right, I'm going to go on a little tangent. We're going to go off here. Uh, you mentioned Star Wars video games. Do you have Star Wars Pod Racer on your Switch? I do. I beat the shit out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I got it for my Switch, and I haven't played it much, but on the N64, I played that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your uh, favorite Pod Racer? Um... I mean, the one that I used the most in this game was Anakin. Yeah, um, he was, but he was the easiest to power up. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the other pod racer that looked like Anakin's a little bit. It was still sleek, but it had like the circular seat. Yes, I know exactly what you're what talking, about. talking about. In the movie, he went like spinning off spinning into the crowd. Off. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that, that was my, my second go-to in that game. Uh, I, I did the same thing that I did as a kid with the Switch version. I got all the way, um, to the last level. There's, I don't know if you remember very, like, the, the original game, but there's three different main races with, like, Mm -hmm. eight races in each, and then the last, like, bonus race, and there's four. Mm -hmm. And so I got every single one gold or whatever blue first place except the last one because i i can't it's so hard it's so hard and it's it's not even the last one it's the second to last one and it like i don't know man it's it's tough once you start playing it again you'll remember and then once you get to that level you'll be like oh that's right screw this (laughs) yeah i do love nintendo bringing back all those old games especially when they're like unexpected because, you know, we've been waiting for, uh, I don't know, some remake. And we know it's coming, and it's kind of like whatever. But when they just throw out Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, and nobody had any idea it was coming, or Star Wars Pod Racer, it's like, oh, yes. Yes, take my money, please. I You were asking what my favorite game was. Um, Shadows of the Empire. On, uh, on Nintendo 64. Yeah. Uh, what was um, the name of the guy you played in that? Dash Rendar. Yeah. And his you were fighting against Prince Shizor. Yeah. And the Black Sun clan, which was brought back in in Clone Wars. You actually see Prince Shizor and the Black Sun uh syndicate in an episode of Clone Wars with Darth Maul. It's really, really cool. That's and awesome. Like, I 
I don't know. I, I want to see some Shizor and some live action. I'd be stoked. I also played a lot of that Star Wars. Oh, you just called, what did you? Shadows, Shadows of, of Empire. There we go. It was one of the hardest games. Like the Boba Fett fight was almost the most impossible boss fight ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I had a Game Shark hooked up to mine. Oh, yeah. CheatCC.com. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> I used to print off walkthroughs from there. I'd print off oh, like. Yeah. 50 page walkthroughs yep. oh my parents would get so pissed i did that for uh i think super nintendo zelda yeah I printed off a walkthrough my mom was like oh my god do you know how much this ink costs oh, like her mind exploded did you ever hear of the game body harvest no that was a weird nintendo 64 game very like polygonal like the graphics were terrible but these weird alien insects would come down to the planet and they'd start harvesting bodies. They would kill as many people as they could. And you had to stop their attack before they got enough power. And they'd like launch a mothership in there. Huh. It was a really weird, really oh. big game. I remember seeing seeing that at our local Showtime video rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that on the shelves. Um, oh geez, just seeing that brings back so many the little rumble pack feature on the side. <laughs> features rumble pack. <laughs> Make sure you have the expand the memory expansion. Yep, don't forget the memory card, and then you got to get the expansion pack to play Majora's Mask, bitch. Yep, I got <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong sixty four where it came included with the green. Was it the green system? Oh no, just uh, it came the expansion pack oh, came the, with the, the game. game. Yep. Yeah, I had the old black one. I was I I was so upset as a kid because I saved up my allowance for a month to get Majora's Mask and I got it and then I get home and it's like you need an expansion. <laughs> I was like, what? So and you just you pull your lightsaber out and you just start <laughs> slashing the living room I just part. Slashed everything and oh everything was just gone. And then I pulled my stepmom towards me and forced <laughs> her and was like, what girl? <laughs> Yeah, um, Kylo Ren had some some amazing freakouts in this mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, the 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 interrogation, like after she escaped thing. Yeah, you know you know who that was. By the way, here's another one. Daniel Craig was the stormtrooper that really her to leave. Yeah, interesting. Yep, he was. Uh, what did you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was that. Like weird, it was like a bar or a cantina or something. The uh, Maz was in charge of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is there anything interesting going on in there? Any extra Easter eggs that you know it's, about? Oh, dude, there's so many. That's that's Easter central right there. Um, Warwick Davis plays a character in that scene. He's one of the little little aliens. J.J. Um, Abrams actually wrote the music for that scene. J.J. Abrams and his, like, life partner or whatever wrote that. Um, oh, I know who Warwick Davis is. Uh, Willow. Yeah, um, I had to look him up. Yeah. And he played, uh, I mean, he's been in, like, every Star Wars movie, basically. Um, I think he was in a documentary that I saw. It's possible. Sorry, I didn't. A lot of stuff. I'm not oh, trying did. to do. Oh, he was making life too short. Oh, 
Life Too Short. Uh, he did a documentary with Ricky Gervais oh. and uh, Stephen Merchant. Okay. I'm it was sure. really good. Nice. I apologize for kind of no, derailing us I, like that. That's cool. I need to I need to see that. See if it's on Hulu or something. Check that out. Um, gosh, you know I so I have all this stuff. Like I can probably spout off most of these like fun facts and stuff. Off yeah, the give it to head, us. But I actually have them like written down. So I'm kind of going through. It's not written down, but but it's on a site. Um, there's a lot of Game of Thrones characters in this. Okay. A lot of, um, like, Captain Phasma, for instance, is mm-hmm. Brienne of Tarth. Um, and then the... Oh, my goodness. There was, like, that uh, control room where Princess Leia was, and there were a lot of interesting people in there. Yes, there it is. Admiral Statura um, was played by a guy from Lost, um, Ken Long. Matt, uh, no, okay. And Matt Parkman from Heroes was in there, too. Yes, Greg Gunberg. Greg Grunberg. Um, he's him. Him and the other guy I mentioned are friends with J.J. Abrams, and so he okay. gave them parts. Which actually, Greg Grunberg was only supposed to be in there as an X-wing pilot, and then he got cast in the next two movies as well. So he became a bigger part than um, I think he expected. Um, uh, Ken Lung. Ken he's... Lung. That's the one from from Lost. Mm-hmm. He was also in The Sopranos. He was in okay. a mental ward with uh, Junior Soprano. He was like a former mob boss, and they were running poker games, like illegal poker games with all the crazy people. Okay. And when that. when Junior didn't want to take his pills, like the orderlies would come in and force him to take his pills. But Ke- uh, Keith Lung, is that his name? Uh, Ken, Ken Young. Ken. Ken Young, yeah. Ken Lung. Uh, he would like stand out in the hallway and go, Where's my iPod? Give me back my effing iPod. What's going on? And he'd cause a scene so that Junior Soprano could like throw his pills uh, into the side of the chair. It was really, it's some good scenes. That's funny. Um, let's see. It looks like, oh, Jojen Reed in Game of Thrones. Uh, he was played by Thomas Brooks. Oh, yeah, Jojen. Uh huh. He was, he Jojen. like, uh, he had magic powers or something like Yep, yep, and he was also in Love Actually. I don't know if you know that movie. One of my favorite cheesy Christmas movies of all time, Love Actually. He's the little kid in it. He's Liam Neeson's stepson. And it is the middle of July or the end of July, and my mom is already finding Christmas movies on Hallmark. I went to a birthday party. No, thank today. you. I so I went to a birthday party. It was early because my friend. Uh, she works overnights, and so mm-hmm. we went to this. It was like eleven o'clock in the morning. I go to this birthday party, and they're playing Christmas. They played Christmas music all day because they were like, "It's Christmas in July." And I was like, oh. "No, it's not. No, it's not." <laughs> Please stop it. It was a, it was a great time. It was awesome to see all of them. But the Christmas, come on now. Um, sorry, I'm just looking up more things. I believe. Yeah. Uh, oh, here it is. Finally, Jessica Henwick. Um, she played Nymira Sand, mm-hmm. one of the Dwarves uh, characters. She yeah. was an X-wing pilot on uh, the the Maz Kanata like scene. She comes in; she's one of those pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I believe uh, Mark Hamill played a couple voices in that bar scene as well. 
to to bring that back around. Um, Mark Hamill, I think, did a voice or two there. Yeah, I believe it. He's a pretty prolific voice actor these days. Yeah, um, and he did. I mean, he's. I think he's been in every Star Wars anything doing whatever he can like a voice actor or that's cool he's in a stormtrooper outfit or something like he's he was in episodes one two and three i think he did he did voice acting for episodes one two and three interesting i believe it i just didn't know it i mean let me just confirm that Mm -hmm. uh, yeah one other thing i noticed about this movie uh star wars has always kind of compared the empire to nazis Mm-hmm. But oh. in this movie, it was so clear. I don't know if it's because I'm older and I'm better at recognizing it or if they were really just shoving it down my throat. But there was that scene where uh, the the generals for the um, for the Empire were giving a speech and they all had Nazi uniforms and there were just yep. thousands of people out in the, the crowds. Yeah, they did the, the hand, hand symbol at the end. It wasn't quite mm. a heil, but it was... A very distinct hand signal. Yeah, which uh, I loved. That that actor is it Dominic? No, what is that actor's name? Um, I love I love him. The guy that does the speech, um, mm-hmm. the Weasley kid. Look at that Weasley kid all grown up. It's not Ron, but it's one of the Weasley brothers. Yeah, all, Fred all or George probably. I no, it's it's Bill yeah, Charlie. I'm, I'm, I think it's Bill. <laughs> I think it's Bill. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up too, but yeah, he uh, he did a great speech there. Really, really believable Nazi, mm-hmm. Nazi space guy. So the space Nazis, yeah. Which man, and the, uh, the one the one thing that was confusing about this movie was the first order to me until until you see the last two and like what what actually how they came to be and stuff like right. The empire was destroyed. I thought, you know, what what happened here? Mm-hmm. Like, how did how did this thing? What the hell is the first order? <laughs> you know, it might have been a good idea for me to watch uh, Return of the Jedi before I watched this, just to no, it, it doesn't really matter. Okay, because um, they... I'm I'm almost starting this out as its own timeline. I'm not really comparing it to all the old Star Wars Ooh. stuff, but it definitely needs to. It clearly connects. Uh, it's I'm glad you brought up the word timeline because there are rumors going out that this i mean this sequel trilogy bombs so bad with fans like they're so disappointed in it this is just the darkest trilogy they're gonna shut it down and they're seriously thinking about removing this from like canon and doing some sort of uh retcon of it yikes which would be insane yeah yeah it's i hate it i hate that idea so live with your failures bro just live Mm -hmm. with it Keep keep making up for it in the Mandalorian universe because that is worth watching. I mean, not saying these aren't worth watching at least once. Like at least you're gonna watch them once, and that's great. Mm-hmm. You got to experience it at least once, and and see what we all went through. You know, if they wanted to take some of the like books or maybe some of the old spinoff shows and say those weren't part of the official timeline, but these are episodes seven, eight, nine. It's mm-hmm. hard to. Mm-hmm. Kind of shut that behind a door. Yep. Um, and keep in mind when when we do Last Jedi, the Last Jedi is set immediately after Force Awakens. Immediately. Like, okay. 
there it's there's supposed to be no break in between it's supposed to be like like every other episode there's a couple years in between right like episode four and five you know new hope and empire strikes back mm-hmm. there's like a three five year gap you know empire and jedi there's a three-year gap i believe so Han mm-hmm. solos and carbonite for like three years right yep and then like you know the the original the prequel trilogy between episode one and two anakin the anakin like grows up years. in those yeah. yeah it's like an eight-year gap and then there's another six or seven year gap between two and three so force awakens and last jedi was the only last Jedi was the only movie to do that where it starts immediately after the last one mm-hmm. and there are problems with that We'll get to it in that episode, but <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you think of Star Killer Base Death Star 3.0? Oh man, I can't believe we haven't talked about that. Uh, I was doing a lot of talk, a lot of thinking about this, and I was like, well, it doesn't make sense to put this giant laser cannon on a planet, like that makes it less mobile. But then I did some more thinking, and I'm like, how mobile is the Death Star really? It's more of a base and less of a spaceship. So it's relatively fixed. So if you make a planet, that's also a fixed item. And if it's this giant weapon, it's almost as effective as a Death Star. It doesn't lose anything the Death Star didn't have. And then I started thinking, what if you put some giant rockets on the planet and you made it mobile? (laughs) You turned a planet into this giant flying death laser. Yeah, I mean... The the Death Star is mobile. You just yeah? don't see it. You don't okay. see it because because it does blow up Alderaan, like it takes out Al- Alderaan, and then it books it over to Yavin Four to okay. take out the Rebel base. That's true. So it is it is mobile. I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't think we know how mobile it's. I think it's slower than the average light. Right, and this was just me thinking about it during the and, movie. But I don't. I don't think Starkiller Base is as mobile because it's got to be parked around a sun. Mm-hmm. So it has to go, in order to get any sort of energy to fire the weapon, it has to be parked around a sun, which I think they can take that laser out and go put it in another planet because it's made out of a planet. Mm-hmm. Like they basically dug everything out and put that giant laser in there and then sucked the sun energy out of there and whatever, which that's from, that's from an old Legends book, by the way. Okay. Uh, the the books that were made non-canon after Disney took over, mm-hmm. that whole idea was stolen from one of those books. Um, but I, it would suck all the power out, and then they would have to. I would think they would just take the the laser out of the planet and and move it to another right. one that's near a sun, and just do it that way. Or put rockets on the planet. I like rockets too. <laughs> I like rockets. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting idea. I like, I mean, there was so much that was already pointing towards A New Hope in the previous trilogy that it was clear that they were pointing at the Death Star, but it didn't bother me. Well, I mean, it had to be the Death Star, but bigger and better. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, this one took out, you know, what, I think seven planets at the same time, which to me is a little crazy. Yeah. Um, And also when the Death Star took out Alderaan, it was like a huge deal. Billions of voices cried out all at once, and it was felt through the force. And in this movie, they're just like, all right, we're zapping seven planets. Later. 
seven planets that are the heart of the republic yeah and like nobody nobody notices that i mean yeah it's it should have been mourned a little bit more yeah you would you would think at least at least give carrie fisher a line that's like oh my god i can't believe that all that all happened Mm -hmm. nah it's just back to business as usual pretty much (laughs) like yeah because it happens, and then Finn runs in, and he's like, they did it. They blew it up. And she's like, okay, cool. So let's go attack them. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, my God. And and the girl that they show on the planet, like, they zoom in on the on the girl mm-hmm. and, and those aliens. Like, she's actually a, a main integral part to, print to General Leia. Like, she's her right-hand man, you know, like her best friend, basically, through... Through all the books and stuff and like all the backstory with Leia, she that that lady is her her best friend. And so her, she just died and Leia's like, Yeah, no big deal. Let's just go blow up this planet. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same situation that most fans had. Uh it's the same problem that most fans had with uh when Chewie and Ray and them all get back from blowing up Starkiller base mm-hmm. and Leia just walks past Chewie even though Chewie's like best friend of 40 years just got murdered by his own son that Chewie yeah. undoubtedly raised like Leia just brushes past him and goes for the new girl that they just met mm-hmm. and it's like no love no love for the walking carpet come on right <laughs> that's yeah. interesting I didn't catch on to that but you're totally right it, there was just some little miss. It's funny because nowadays, J.J. Abrams has actually apologized for that. <laughs> he's, he's come out and been like, "Yeah, I actually, I feel really bad about like missing that. I don't know how I messed that up, but I'm sorry." <laughs> it was like a Me Too style apology. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I did something I regret in my past. Uh... <laughs> um, but that so. Um, I I want I want to toot my own horn for a second with the, yes. with the Han Solo thing because we all know Han Solo dies in this mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, I took my friend Disney. I don't know if you've met Disney. You might don't think so. One of the barbecues or something. But uh, him and I went to see Force Awakens. We actually drove up from Denver to Loveland because my friend bought us tickets to go to the Metrolux up in Loveland. So I go up. We go up there to to see it. And on the way in, I'm like, hey. Disney. His name is Disney, which is funny. Um, but I'm like, hey, Disney, I just want you to know, like, Han Solo is going to die in this. And he's like, what? Th- there's no way. There's no way they would kill Han Solo. And I was like, just just wait, man. Just wait. And the reason I knew that was going to happen, and I, I, I know this is like seven years ago, and it's really right. hard to toot my own horn now, but, but Harrison Ford would have never signed on to play if Han Solo If they were going to kill him? Unless they killed him in the movie. <laughs> Does he hate and, Han Solo? Yeah. Oh, man. I they, did not know that. You should go look up. I don't know if it's like. It's probably because film, all those nerds but... are always screaming at him. Dude. And that's exactly <laughs> that's ex- what it is. <laughs> he, he never attends Comic-Con. He never goes to Star Wars Celebration. He never does any of that. <laughs> that dude's dude. He first hang out on a ranch. Go fishing. Some beer. He doesn't want to go ride around a Tesla and do nerd stuff, play video games, or uh, well, and people are always asking him, you know, well, what about the Millennium Falcon? So, like, 
When Han <laughs> was in the Falcon, you know, Harrison Ford just goes, <sighs> can we please move on from this? Like, <laughs> if you look up, you could probably look up on Google, why does Harrison Ford hate um, Han Solo? And it'll just give you a bunch of clips of him just yeah. talking shit. Just go down a YouTube yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny how much he doesn't doesn't like him. Um, and it, I also think it's funny how much he hurts himself on set of any movie that he's ever reprising a role. He hurt himself on Indiana Jones Four. Mm-hmm. He hurt him. He broke his ankle on Force Awakens. He's now hurt himself again on Indiana Jones Five. Oh, they're making a fifth one. Yeah, sorry, um, yeah. but. But yeah, they're totally doing that. Um, and then he, uh, God, he he wrecked a plane. I think shortly before this movie came out or something, wrecked a plane on a golf course. Like that dude is just injury prone. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, when when Han Solo actually got killed in the theater, I jumped out of my seat. Um, no, no, that wasn't then. I I said, I screamed, "Oh my God!" in the theater. And then my friend punched me. Disney punched me because I had called it on the way in. Yeah. He's like, damn you. And then when I jumped out of my seat is when Chewie shot Kylo Ren. When he, like, blasts him. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, bitch. Like, just like, jumped out. <laughs> I, like, lost all control of all motions in my... Han Solo is one of my, like, top two favorite characters. It's between... Mm-hmm. It's between Luke and Han Solo, I would say. Luke, Han Solo, and Boba Fett, we'll say, top three. Um... But I jumped out of my seat and was just like, yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> and then realized I'm in a goddamn IMAX theater with a ton of people around yeah. me on opening, opening night for Star Wars. Like, So it was, uh, I don't know. I, I liked how, I liked how um, that is why Kylo Ren lost is because he got shot by Chewie. The, the reason he gets his ass kicked by Rey at the end, which mm-hmm. is a, also a really cool scene, yep. is because he gets shot. Yeah, he's got, like he keeps hitting his chest and that kind of stuff. Right, and it's which was weird to me. That was very King Kong esque. You know? <laughs> like, why, why are you gonna do that? But they really emphasized through this whole movie how powerful that gun was. Yes, the, the, the first uh, time cross bolt or what is it called? Yeah, the the, the just crossbow bolt caster, bolt caster, bow. Yeah, bow caster, bow caster. Yeah, we go. I just call it the crossbow. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm such a I'm such a terrible mega fan of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, where was the first place you ever heard about the bolt caster? Um, uh, probably on a toy when I was. A uh, okay, I uh, remember the Super Star Wars games on Super Nintendo. You know what? That might have been it too. No, yeah, it been a toy. There but, was a level where yeah. you could play as Chewie. And, mm-hmm. like, when you were playing Luke Skywalker, you had a blaster or you had a lightsaber. But if you were playing Han Solo or Chewie or whatever, you only got their gun. And I remember yep. Chewie had that crossbow thing. Yep. Man, the only game of those that I beat was Return of the Jedi. I played and... Empire Strikes Back a lot. And that, I mean, Return of the Jedi was so hard. Like, getting past the Vader fight was hard mm-hmm. enough. But then you have to get past the fight with the Emperor, and that's damn near impossible. Then they put you in this 3D mode with the Millennium Falcon escaping the Death Star at the end, and you have to use 
it was like the first time I really used the bumpers on the yeah. Nintendo controller. And you do it to turn the axis. Mm -hmm. And you would have to turn the axis to go out the Death Star. And like, as a nine-year-old And you only kid, had three lives. Yeah, and as a nine-year-old, <laughs> that shit pissed me. The amount of times that I had to type in that like 12-letter password was astronomical. It was mm -hmm. so stupid. But anyway, the, <laughs> the, the, the Bullcaster was, was a great gun. And they really showed how powerful it was. Like... The first time Han shoots it, he like blasts it in a crowd of three troopers, and they just go flying. You mm -hmm. know? And so, showing showing Chewie hit Kylo Ren with that, and him just taking it like a man, and then getting up and going and fighting them. Like, of course he lost. He's fighting this ridiculous wound. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody shot a musket ball into him. Pretty much, yeah. And, <laughs> And so, like, I know a lot of people complain about about that fight scene, about how like I was an untrained person. I was questioning it, but I didn't get too far down the road. Yeah, and it's the the biggest or the best explanation is he gets shot by the bowcaster. He's focusing too much energy on keeping himself from like bleeding out, basically, mm -hmm. and dying. So that's that's why he's he's hitting himself because he's like trying to stay away because he's using. In the novelization, he's using like a ton of force power to sure to keep himself from from hold his organs so, together. Yeah, pretty much. Um, another really cool thing about the novelization is in that scene um, where they're fighting each other, um, Ray when he when she's standing over him and she looks like she's about to kill him. In the in the book, she hears a voice in her head that says. Basically, it's it's uh, it's like in in a sinister cackling Ray heard do it, yeah, do it. And oh, and so, that was the dark side trying to lure her in, yeah. Yep. And so that that's where the theory of of her being a descendant of Palpatine shows up, because in the in the novelization, basically they describe it as Palpatine is talking to her or something like that. And then um, a lot of people really compare her fighting style to Palpatine as well. Okay. So it's there's those sim, uh, similarities there. Um, I, I have a hard I never, time. I never bought into that at all. But yeah, I have a hard time believing that she's Obi Wan's kid. You mentioned that possibility, and mm -hmm. Obi Wan seems like this celibate Jesus Jedi character to me. He wasn't though. No. He did have a girlfriend in Clone Wars. I don't know if they ever banned Oh, Clone Wars. Thing, but, um... Just hand yeah, stuff, probably. Probably just... Yeah. yeah <laughs> a little bit of force tickling, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but she... She's actually... You watched The Mandalorian. Yes, you did watch oh, yeah. season two of The Mandalorian, because you were on Quest Me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bo-Katan mm -hmm. is related... To Obi Wan's girlfriend. Oh, uh, Twi'lek? Is that what they are? No, they're, they're Mandalorians. Oh, okay. Bo, Bo Katan was the blue Mandalorian. You're right. Chick with the red hair. You're right. I don't know why I thought she was. They're they're related somehow. So um, that's uh, that's her big big thing, big connection to Obi Wan is that. Mm -hmm. But but she ended up dying. Obi Wan's girlfriend ended up dying, and it was a big tragic thing. That's. You know, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And we don't we don't know what happened with uh, the the Obi Wan series that's coming out. That's you know, true. He was, on, he was on Tatooine. He was no longer a Jedi then. <laughs> Obi Wan, the fraternity still, days, dude. He's still in his prime. That he's like he's like forties maybe. You know he's he hasn't really hit uh, blue pill age yet. So mm-hmm. he he could be hitting up that Moss Eisley Cantina and getting some of that Tatooine strange out there. You never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, my, like I said earlier, my biggest thing was Pose. I always thought she was Pose, related to the Damerons somehow, whether adopted okay. or a twin or something like that. But yeah. Well, we are getting to be about an hour into this, which oh. I wasn't sure we were going to get that far. I uh, told you I could I could go on for hours with this with this whole thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you think is important to get in? Um, no, I, I think we got we got all the cameos. The music of this is still top notch. I think, I think that's what really drew me into this episode in particular, and the reason I like it so much is because the music is just so good. John Williams hits it out of the park. Um, all three of the sequel trilogy movies. That's the best part of them is the movie, yeah. or the music. So, uh, this uh, is one of the first movies I've listened to with headphones on. So I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, even Cowboy Bebop. I went back and listened to a few more episodes of Cowboy Bebop, and the music, which tends to kind of slip past me, is just right there in front of you. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Um, and those of you listening, i got to do some shameless plugs. Don't forget to, to watch Sudden But Inevitable Rebop uh, Fridays. We took Absolutely. Off, but we'll be back to do, a, to do more Cowboy Bebop. Um, and also, Ricky... You have a, you have some merchandise for sale. Well, I was going to say you've got an interesting looking shirt on. Oh, I do. I mean, the viewers can't can't see it or the listeners can't see it, but it is a uh it is a twist my arm t-shirt. Yeah, that is something that we're moving into here at Twist My Arm Network, uh which I'm a part of at Best Flicks with Ricky D. And so if you go onto the Twist My Arm Network twistmyarmpodcast.com that's our main website, and you can go into the shop, and uh, we've already sold one Best Flicks hat. Thank you very much, Phil. You are the best. Uh, we've got quite a few SBI, Sudden But Inevitable, and Twist My Arm shirts going out. I'm going to be buying another Best Flicks hat for myself pretty soon. Uh, it's been really cool. It's yeah. I didn't expect as much uh, response as we've gotten. No, the support has been incredible, dude. I it's uh it's been a, a dream come true. This whole year with all of you guys has been mm-hmm. awesome. So, thank you for for doing best flicks and and doing what you do because yeah, I do enjoy listening to. It. I still need to listen to the Space Jam episode. Oh, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, I think we did a good job. It was the Space Jam. We basically talked about the redeeming qualities of the movie, like what kind which, of brought it back. Like, mm, yeah, there were a yeah. couple, I guess. <laughs> I'll have to listen to it, yeah. Um but yeah, again, I can't I can't thank everyone enough in, in the network, the people that listen, the people on Twitter, the people on Facebook, like you guys are awesome. And uh, um like yeah. Yeah, I agree. The best part about all this podcasting thing is surrounding ourselves with good people that we have a good relationship with. It's not uh you know, the angry lady at work. It's not, you know, somebody on the road driving past, shaking their fist at you. It's all really cool people that we interact with here. And it's almost redeeming to like my sense of human nature. 
to have some of this goodness surrounding me. So I appreciate all the people that are involved with this, our fans, uh, the other people on the network, everything. Hell yeah. And for for all that stuff, twistmyarmpodcast.com is the best place to find all of it. All of our episodes are there. All of our, our latest live videos are there for each show, for Best Flicks, for Sun But Inevitable, for Marvel Can of Madness, Twist My Arm, like all the different shows are there. So that's that's going to be uh, the best place to, to find it all for sure. So and awesome. one last thing, I just want to thank yes. you, Ricky, for thank you for inviting me to talk Star Wars with you. I always love talking Star Wars. It's a good time. You definitely know what's going on in the Star Wars universe. There's lots of background going on. There's too much, too much background in my head for sure, which is even worse. <laughs> well, I think that's going to be just about it. I'm Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. My name's Josh from the Twist My Arm Network. And we'll find you next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Best Flicks with Ricky D. Talk movies with Ricky D on Twitter at Best Flicks Ricky D and on Instagram at Best Flicks Ricky D. Catch Ricky D live with the sudden but inevitable rebop at youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast. Best Flicks with Ricky D is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. 